Hello again and welcome to Money Tips Daily. This is Money Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money. I'm sorry I've been a bit quiet for the last week or so, but I've been working on uh, a relaunch of this podcast and uh, you know, I've been talking to some people about uh, how we're going to uh, repackage it, make it sound more professional, using better equipment uh, and just generally improving it improving in, and improving the listener experience. So I'll, I'll be talking more about that over the next month or so. But uh, in the meantime, I will just carry on with this on this anchor platform. But it, it may be moving uh, to, to a new platform in the next few months. But we, we'll obviously inform uh, listeners about that. Now, talking about listening, I've been listening to uh, a transgender rights campaigner, Paris Lees, on the Jeremy Vine radio show, talking about their they have a feature every day called what it takes to be human and they get various speakers to come on and talk about what it takes to be human and i would definitely recommend you catch the episode on bbc iplayer or the what it takes to be human podcast it's really a fascinating talk now i expected to her to come on and talk about transgender rights and all this sort of thing i thought oh no here we go it's going to be all about human rights and transgender rights but it wasn't that at all actually the talk was about uh, forgiveness and how she managed to give forgive her father who uh, at, at as a child, she hated with a vengeance. She even fantasized about killing him. Uh, but she managed to come to terms with that, and you know, which led to forgiveness. And that, that was really the theme about what it takes to be human. I won't spoil the whole thing for you, but Paris grew up on a council estate in Nottingham, had quite an abusive childhood, um, then went into wild teenage years, teenage years which culminated in uh, being sent to prison. And it was that time when... You know, she was in prison. She thought, you know, I've messed up now. I've got to do something about this. Now, despite the difficult start, she's gone on to have huge success after, you know, things like writing for The Guardian, being on Vogue uh, and I guess being a celebrity, but not being a celebrity just for being a celebrity for for celebrity's sake. She actually has got a purpose in life and seems very happy and doing very well. Now, how did she turn her life around from prison to celebrity or prison to wild success uh, as a as a campaigner and a writer and etc in a word i would say it's education well actually it goes back to uh, the studies that uh, she did and the degree in english but uh, it also became uh, obsessed with reading so education is is one word but it's it's reading that probably did most to turn her life around she said She's got uh, a sort of personality that, you know, becomes obsessed with things. And she became obsessed with with reading, reading books. And when she went on to study uh, English literature at university, obviously you need to read a lot of books. And this started to make her think in a different way. Now, it's significant as many other people have turned their lives around through reading. Perhaps the most famous being uh, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, Oprah Winfrey went through... A horrible abusive childhood and she turned her life around through books you know went from you know sort of a dirt poor to probably a billionaire now one of the most successful people in the entertainment industry and she puts that a lot of that down to to reading books and you know getting her mind out of the, the circumstances she was in which you can do by reading books even if you're just reading escapist novels you can transform your mind in a way that i think perhaps television can't do uh, leaders are readers, as as the old saying goes, and Paris says that uh, she doesn't have a TV in the house today.
Now this is also significant because television along with social media is probably the biggest thief of our time. Would you agree? I mean the amount of time we spend in front of television is, is horrendous really. And you know don't get me wrong you know I, I enjoy watching the television and I'm also guilty of wasting time in front of the box especially during the World Cup where you know you, you can sit and watch three games in a day it's, it's, and then you think where did that day go? And you actually feel more tired sitting down in front of the television than you do when you're out and about buzzing around and doing things and achieving things. But, it, you know, I know it's easy to get sucked into watching television and the next programme and the next programme comes on. And then you find yourself channel surfing around late at night when you should be getting a good night's sleep. But it's really funny that the, the, the more channels I seem to get, the harder it is to find anything decent to watch. You know, I end up watching some repeat of Fools and Horses because there's nothing worth watching. It's all, you know, reality TV and cooking programs and uh, just just a lot of basically crap, isn't it? I mean, let's face it, it's fodder for the, for the masses. And occasionally you find a good program, which is great. But then the problem is you watch this great movie or a documentary or something really inspiring, and then you go on to watch the next program and the next program, and soon. You know, your whole evening's gone and three or four hours later, you know, you're sitting there at midnight having really spent an evening doing nothing much, really. Now, the old speaker, Zig Ziglar, who's, who's dead now, but uh, he was a great speaker, Zig Ziglar had a good technique to help you spend less time in front of the television. And he said in his southern drawl, he said, what you got to do is get out those TV guides that you get with your Sunday newspapers and mark out the specific shows you want to watch during the week. Then you watch these shows, but then you switch off the TV as soon as you're finished. And Sorry about Zig, that's not a great accent, but that, that's what he said, switch it off. Now, obviously, if, if the wife and kids are watching the TV, they might not be that happy. You said, well, I've watched what I want to watch, I'm switching that off. But you, you get what I mean. It means just watch what you want to watch and don't go on to the next one and the next one and then wait for the news and then, you know, the, the programme after the news and the discussion about the news, then news night. And, and then what, you know? So another significant fact is that successful people tend to watch less television than unsuccessful people. Now, sorry to be brutal, but that's the way it is. I know it doesn't sound politically correct to talk about unsuccessful people, but in America they just call them losers. Now, I don't like that term, but, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, how do I know this? In my days in financial services, I visited, you know, I was in financial services for, what, 25 years. I visited hundreds, if not thousands of homes you know, from very wealthy people to poor people to council estates where, uh, you know, in Peckham where I thought I was going to get mugged. You know, I come out in a suit and, and a briefcase and I looked around me and I thought, oh my God, I had to pass people on, on, on the stairs, you know, a gang of kids on the stairs thinking, oh no, you know. I mean, that's, so I've been from the, you know, multi-multi-millionaires in Hampstead and, and the West End to council estates in the roughest parts of town in those days in Peckham. Now, it may not be so rough, but in those days, it was bad. Now, so I've seen a few homes, right? Now, with very few exceptions, I've found that the people with the least amount of money and the most amount of financial problems and debts and CCJs and all these sort of things seem to have the biggest TVs. The people with the least amount of money had the biggest damn TV and, and it dominated the living room. In fact, it dominated the whole house. Some of them even had big surround sound speakers. that They used to shake the whole room. You watch an action movie. It was like that film Earthquake years ago. The whole room used to shake. 
with this TV. It, it seemed to dominate the, their lives, really, this big TV. And even Brian Tracy said it in America. He said, the people with the less, least money have the biggest goddamn TV you could, you could find, you know. And you get 40 and 50 inch TVs that, you know, go across the, le the width of their, their tiny living room. And on the other hand, <clears throat> the more financially successful people either didn't have a TV in the living room, then maybe they've got one in the bedroom or something, I don't know, but they didn't have a TV in the living room. Or if they did have a TV, it would be an old model of a TV, maybe from 10 years ago, and it would be stuck in the corner somewhere, out of the way. It would not be the dominant feature of the room. In fact, if you look at their living rooms, it would be, uh, they probably have sofas facing each other around the coffee table where people could talk, uh, maybe in front of a fireplace or maybe just, you know, in front of a, a, a nice feature on the wall. Um, but I, I'm, I'm probably painting a bit of a, a, a cliched picture here, but they generally had their living rooms arranged in a way that people could sit down and talk to each other rather than having the TV there and everything surrounding all the chairs and everything, everything surrounded that TV. And I grew up in a house like that, you know, where, you know, we sat around a TV, but it, it probably wasn't the best way to spend our time. And, uh, you know, so visiting these houses, I, I've seen both sides of things, um, you know, and it, it definitely seems to, a pattern is there, you know, a pattern is definitely there uh, from uh, TVs and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and, and success. So what does this mean? Okay, so it means that the more time you spend in, in front of the television, the less financially successful you're probably going to be. Fact. Uh, now, I've also observed in these houses that I've seen more books I've noticed in these houses. And, and you know, if you just walk along a, a street where there are nice houses and look in the windows you can see books you generally see bookshelves and is, does that mean anything or is that just a coincidence or what um and I, i've also noticed again visiting all these houses that parents who had academically bright children would encourage them to study rather than waste time watching tv their children would be in the kitchen or the dining room with books out studying doing their homework not slumped in front of the television with their feet up and uh, you know and controlling the, the, the channel switcher and um, the remote and just watching one program after another. So that's, and I, I think on a previous podcast, I talked about uh, a Chinese single mum that I used to uh, deal with and I did a few mortgages for her and she lived in one of the roughest estates in, in Hackney in those days and yet she had two or three bright, very bright daughters who went on to be doctors and lawyers you know, they weren't outside running around the streets. They weren't watching television. I, I never even saw a television in her tiny flat, uh, but they did become very successful. And she became very successful because she saved money. She managed to buy her flat. Then she managed to save money to buy another house, which I did the mortgage for. And, and it was just an unbelievable transformation. But again, she had no television in the, in, from what I could see. So this is my money tip today. I'm going to give you back 20 to 30 hours per week. And some people watch 40 hours of TV a week. And in that time, you could complete a degree or make hundreds of thousands of pounds or millions of pounds starting a new business, even if you just do it in your spare time. It, you know, just take away that time that you spend, those many, many hours you spend watching television and use that time effectively. Now, if you don't want to start a business, just perhaps talk to your children, sit down, you know, spend a bit of time with them, talk to them, help them with their homework or read a book, or, or study, 
do some courses, uh, learn a new skill, learn a language. There's so many things you could do in that 20 to 30 hours a week. Uh, but I remember always listening to Brian Tracy and saying that uh, he, his, his idea was you shouldn't listen to the radio in the car. You should turn your car into a learning machine and listen to audios. And he said that in the time most Americans spend in their car, they could listen to degree, uh, you know, uh, lectures on audio and actually complete a degree in two to three years. Uh, so if you just do that little bit of studying, you could actually become an expert and a leading authority in, in your field, whatever that field is. Whatever, wherever you work, you could improve your career by spending, you know, an hour or two a day reading about your industry. Now, it's surprising how many people don't know much about their industry or even the company where they work. You know, you, you say to, to the people who are least successful in that company and you, you ask about what they know about the company, they won't know anything about the company at all. They don't know if the company's listed on the stock market. They've got no idea of the share price of the company, the management structure, the goals of the company. They just go to work and go home. And that's why they stay as they are. If you talk to people who are doing well in the company, they'll know all these things. They'll know about not only the company, but the industry, their competitors, uh, where the trends are going. So if you spend a bit of time reading up on, about your industry, you could become a, a leading exponent in that industry in a very short period of time. You could become an expert. You could become a leading expert in your field. You could become a renowned expert and speaker in your field just by spending a few hours a day reading up on this. So you don't have to do a degree, you don't have to learn a language, just learn about what you're actually doing now and delve deeper into that. But you can't do that if you come home and start with the evening news followed by uh, whatever it is, EastEnders, DeadEnders, uh, and then then you go on to watch some other program, another program, and then you, you finish up with another bout of news because of course you've got to fill your mind with some positive stuff, haven't you, by listening to the news. And then you go to bed thinking, God, you know, everything seems so hopeless. I can't do anything about anything. My life feels so down. That's another thing that television will take from you. They'll take away that that um, good feeling that you have when you, you, you're achieving something. So that's my tip for the day. Spend less time in front of the television and uh, make more money, uh, earn more money, save more money by perhaps spending a bit of time studying your bank statements, for instance, which I've also gone through on another money tip. Look at where you're spending your money. Look at how you can save money. You can all do this if you spend a bit more time doing important things rather than watching television. Thanks very much. This has been Money Kelly, bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money.